You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning, Manchester. Wow, it is so good to be here. I have my wife, Joni, uh, with me, and uh, we've um, left our four kids at home, not on their own, with supervision. And so um, that is uh, so good, and we just had a great time. We came here yesterday, saw the sights of the city. Absolutely love this city. Um, You're so blessed to be able to live here. And um, uh, last time I was actually here at the church, I did a Leaders' Day in this building, but the last time I did a Sunday was probably my favorite venue of all time. It's called the Rampant Lion. (laughs) Uh, I, that is just the most amazing name to do church. Uh, so who was here at the Rampant Line all those years ago? So, uh, yeah, great five of you. And um, <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant. So today um, I want to do a bit of a, something a bit different, a bit of a pastoral chat uh, with you all um, this morning. And so Paul and Steph, um, as it's been said, are away, which is great because I get to talk about them a little bit, which is what I want to do. And, uh, you know, we're in really interesting times as a culture in terms of leadership. Uh, Leadership is at an all-time premium. It's difficult to find good leaders, particularly because we're in a time of crisis. Um, We're in a time where things are changing at such a rapid pace. Just look at things to do with technology. Just look at morality and just the boundary shifts that are going on in terms of our cultural moment, but then also in terms of the well-publicized failure of leaders, particularly in the church. And so it's hard to find good leaders, and it's tough to lead in uh, this particular season of life. But in the lows, I want to say to you, and I've known them for many, many years, and there, there aren't many days that go by without me texting and having uh, many voice notes with Paul, is that in them you do have the real deal. You really do. And, um, you know, there's a difference between real and fake. There's a difference between fake leather coats and real leather coats. There's a difference between fake Diet Coke and real Diet Coke. You can't be the real thing. Even in a cost of living crisis, my wife and and I have always said that we will never compromise in our budgets when it comes to Diet Coke. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> and, um, you know, their wisdom and friendship and leadership, honestly, I'm not sure where I would be without them uh, in terms of my journey. And they would cringe at me saying all this, which is why I'm saying it without them here, um, is that they are so focused on Jesus. They are just servants of Jesus and giving him the glory. And, um, but you need to know, church, you do have outstanding leaders. You also have outstanding uh, an outstanding leadership team. Um, and Paul and Steph, they are totally in love with Jesus and uh, love you guys, and they live for the local church. And that is so, so important. That is their heart. And um, But clearly, as I've walked with them for many years, I see a call on their lives to serve and lead in the wider family of churches, and they get to um, oversee Course to Live For, which is our 18 to 30s ministry and conference in uh, the wider family, the Vineyard Movement, and of course, 
the multiply stuff and all that that brings and church planting. And so they have a real call on their lives. And I believe that God has raised them up and you up for such a time as this. And so uh, I, I believe they have a commitment and a call to serve this house, but also to serve the wider movement, both locally, uh, nationally, and internationally. And I really believe that this church, this community, this, this house is going to be a, a real church of significance in Manchester and beyond. And um, how we do church and how we navigate church, particularly in our post-COVID, post-Christian society and world, I think it's going to be really, really important. I, I love what this church stands for and what it values in the DNA uh, of, of, um, of this house. And that is a church that is first and foremost a worshipping church. You can, you can sense it even as you come in, you can sense it in the prayers, you can sense it in that beautiful set that those guys just did. That this is a church which first and foremost worships, worships Jesus Christ. It's an authentic church, a real church, uh, a love for the word, a hunger for the things of the spirit, a focus on those who don't yet know Jesus. And you guys are marked by compassion. And I was reminded again of the verses in Psalm 82, it says, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed, rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. It's amazing what you're doing with your compassion and mercy projects and all that's going on at 422. It's an amazing gift to the city. And when we sow um, into the city and into people's lives by giving away with radical generosity. The reality is, is that that brings um, a momentum in the things of God and the things of the Holy Spirit here in this church. And uh, it's so, so exciting. But as I was praying for you as a community, I felt like the verse that the Holy Spirit led me to was in Jeremiah 12, verse 5. And it says this, If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out how can you compete with horses and I think this speaks of growth that you as a church need to get ready need to get prepared for incredible growth as a local church and um, in this uh, passage and in this context God classically gives such a unhelpful answer to all our complaints and moaning. And uh, it's like God just responds, if you think it's bad now and you're whinging and moaning and complaining, wait until the pace quickens up. Wait until things start to really kick off. Wait until things begin to expand in such a way you won't know how to cope with it. And um, there's, an, there's, a, there's a momentum in the life of this church community that is happening that God is at work, God is doing, it's the wind of his spirit that he is doing. But the absolute key to any kind of growth and preparing for growth in the future is health. And the greatest gift you can ever give to someone else is a healthy you. The greatest gift you can give to your friends, 
to your spouse, to your kids, to the people at work, to people in church, is a healthy you. And so with all that God has called you as a church to do and to be is, is rooted actually in healthy leadership and being a healthy church. The growth of this church will be down to the health of the church. And the greatest gift that Paul and Steph can be to this church is a healthy them, don't you agree? That's the longing of our hearts. That is our prayer that they can be as healthy as they can be. And so in June, and this is your first time, this is a bit of family business, but in June, I'm sure you know that Paul and Steph will go on a three-month sabbatical. And this is something that I think is genius by our vineyard family of churches and movement is that every seven years, and you've just celebrated your seventh year as a church, which is amazing, is that the movement wisely encourages pastors to go on a three-month sabbatical. And so this is a moment where you get to gift your pastors with a season where they get to reset, they get to refresh, they get to refocus, they get to recharge, ready to go again, particularly when we think about the growth that is coming. And so this is a tremendous gift to them. But in turn, it's a tremendous gift to you. Because let's be honest, being a pastor isn't the easiest of jobs. <laughs> Nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, hey, I want to be a pastor. It's very rare. And so the greater the level of responsibility, the greater the weight that you carry, the greater our foundations, our margin, our depth has to be. If we're going to carry all that God has for us, then we need to be the healthiest person that we can be. And so I want to encourage you as a church family to go on that same journey. This is actually a tremendous opportunity and chapter in the life of Manchester Vineyard for you to step out and to step up in everything that God has got for you. I know that it's God's desire, I know it's certainly that Paul and Steph's desire is that when they come back, they will barely recognize this church. Because over the time that they are away, that this church will continue to thrive and to flourish and to grow. And I want to encourage you, particularly those who are shaping things in terms of leadership and culture, is just to go for it. Be creative, to try new things. To just go with what God has placed on your heart and to... Um, go for that with all your strength. And so I want to encourage you as a church to go on that same journey. And um, if God has called you to fulfill his unique, specific purpose for your life, if he's called you to reach your world for Jesus, and we're going to reach this city for Jesus, and Manchester, as wonderful as it is, like any other city, desperately needs Jesus. And so we walked about 11 miles yesterday. We worked out. And we had a, such a great time. And, um, but there was an ache in my heart as I walked around. As we prayed, I could sense that the Spirit of God is just longing, longing to invade this city, to enter into people's worlds and areas of their life and the community that may be unreached and to see people come to know him. There is such 
lostness and desperation and brokenness. This world is desperate for him and his presence. And you guys carry that hope, the hope of Jesus. And so if you're going to reach this city, if you're going to grow as I believe you will, in terms of influence and wisdom and stature and favor, then it needs to come from a healthy place. That has to be our bedrock. That has to be our foundation. You don't have to focus on growth. You always have to focus on health, and healthy things always grow. Fifteen months ago, Joni and I had a sabbatical ourselves, a three-month sabbatical, but this wasn't by choice. This wasn't by um, we hadn't been leading the church for, for seven years. Um, this was actually an enforced sabbatical due to burnout. So I've been following Jesus for 34 years uh, on staff as a pastor for 20 of those years. And Joni and I, in God's amazing providence, uh, were handed on uh, the church at Hull just before COVID. So we got commissioned, we did our vision series, and then I shut the church down. And so that was our, and as you know, there's no kind of textbook that you can just get off the shelf. There's no pastor you can call and say, what on earth do we do? Because we're all in a mess. None of us knew what we were doing. And so that was actually a really exciting time and humbling for many of us. But um, about 15 months ago, um, we had three months off because we weren't burnt, we were burnt out. I wasn't well. The last 20 years of pastoral ministry, um, coupled with uh, really an attritional last few years, um, meant that what many would call, I entered into the dark night of the soul. And I remember David, who is uh, our overseer in the north, he pastors the Leeds Vineyard, um, he told me to have a sabbatical. He would come and speak to our church and say that we needed to have some time off. And I remember that first month, and at that time, I couldn't even read my Bible. I couldn't even pray. There were many nights where Joni would just, you know, hold my hand and, and pray over me as I really struggled in that season. And how many of you know that if you can't pray and you can't read your Bible, God will find some other way to speak to you. And I remember watching the first, I spent a week watching this, the first week of my sabbatical, I watched the HBO channel. Uh, it's a documentary on world-class surfers called 100 Foot Wave. Has anybody seen 100 Foot Wave? <laughs> and um, it's about these guys who were trying to find the world's first 100 foot wave to surf. And um, it's an amazing documentary. But as I'm watching that, I felt like that best described where I was at. Is that for many years, I'd surfed and navigated 15-foot waves, 40-foot waves, some 80-foot waves. And then, particularly through COVID, it felt like we navigated you know, 30 of those waves, some big, some not so big. And then... It doesn't actually always have to be a 100-foot wave. Sometimes it's just, it could be like a 15-foot a wave that just hits your life and hits your world circumstantially, emotionally, and it just takes you out. And the story of that documentary is you have many surfers who go on this journey and then they end up, uh, they end up completely wiped out on the beach. Some 
you know, seriously injured. Seriously injured. In fact, some people uh, have died. And so this was an attritional season for us where there was wave after wave after wave of stuff. And eventually I was just wiped out emotionally and spiritually. I wasn't in a place where I was suicidal, but I certainly wanted to quit ministry. Uh, it felt like I was hopeless, that there was no uh, way out. I was just longing to do a predictable job. We have this, the, world, uh, the Europe's largest fair visit us in Hull. And uh, I, I went there, and you've got the guys doing the, the you know, the, the rides, some of the rides, like the Ferris, Ferris wheel or the waltzes or whatever. And I just wanted to be that person in the booth, collecting the money, giving the ticket. That's all I wanted to do. Um, I longed for, to work at McDonald's. I still do, to be honest, most days. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was... Uh, it, I had ill health with it, um, headaches, chest pain, anxiety, not present, disconnection, catastrophizing, ruminating, self-talk, um, a real sense of paralysis. Um, I think in that journey, the biggest thing was letting my kids down. Um, and so that I'm first called, we're first called to be a husband and a father before we are pastors. And so in that time, I, I generally felt like a failure. I felt like I'd let the church down. I couldn't be there for them. And what I found in life is that when you ever go to the next level in terms of weight and pace and responsibility, it's like you always have to start again at the bottom of the next level. Just imagine a staircase, and every time you go up one step, the next step is actually down at the bottom. It's when you're outside your comfort zone. And for me, becoming the senior pastor of the church and the weight and responsibility and all that COVID brought meant that as I went to that next level, it was just too much. And God spoke to me during that time through something that was actually reflective in the physical. We just did everything during that time. We also moved house, which is stressful. And um, because our removal uh, company were absolutely useless, they were called Hull Tigers, I should have known. And um, they were so poor, I had to help them out, which isn't great because I mean, I'm not a big guy, I'm not that strong. So I helped them out because they were going to be there till like four in the morning. And as I did it, I, I got a herniated bowel. So our first meal as a family, I'm cooking the spag bowl, excited, we're in our house, and then I just felt it, and I thought, oh, no. And so I, they, I had to have an emergency off, and what they said to me is that post-operation is that I needed to rebuild core strength. I needed to go to the gym and start to rebuild core strength. Otherwise, it could happen again later on. And that was really then my journey into health, is I'd been wiped out from an attritional season, and then I learned how to rebuild core strength so that I could carry the weight and the pace of ministry life going forward. And I'm happy to say just to fast forward and bookend this is that today our church has never been better. Our church is thriving. We're growing. We just raised nearly half a million pounds as a church community to build a compassion center. 
And God is doing amazing things because when you go through anything like I went through, and maybe you have done, and maybe you are, and if that is, this can help one person today, then that would be awesome. Is that it isn't failure. It isn't weakness. It is not my identity. It's not a malfunction of my mind. All my emotions were, were just signals. They were just data. And sometimes we put too much weight on emotions, but all our emotions are signals telling you that something isn't quite right. And that I needed to build again in a healthy way in order to fulfill the call of God on my life and indeed the church. It's kind of like Titanic. Who loves the film Titanic? You know, church is a safe place. We can say that. Who loves to? I love the film Titanic. It was actually huge in my journey of restoration to watch the Titanic. And so the water begins to rise at the very bottom. And what's fascinating, if you're watching the film, and I know it's based on a, a true story, but in my mind it's a film, and the water's beginning to rise, everyone's panicking down below. But upstairs, they're still in their nice dresses, tuxedos, listening to amazing music, having fine dining, absolutely oblivious to what is going on below. And you can see the metaphor, but sooner or later, the issues on life's lower decks eventually will find their way up to where we often are at the top. And I found this to be most prevalent, particularly in our cultural moment with things like social media is that we portray kind of like the insta life and which fuels comparison, which robs people of their confidence and their identity because they see that other people seem to have everything okay. It's a, a portrayal of a false narrative. And on the upper decks of our social media lives, things can look really, really good. They can look impressive. But we know deep down, despite all of that, is that we have... Many of us who are struggling with addiction, with debilitating shame, with envy, with unhappiness, with insecurity. And it's actually in those very lower decks where our lives take true shape and texture. But because we're discipled often into superficiality as a society, is we don't take the time to go deeper. We tend to focus on the upper decks of our lives, what people can see rather than actually what is going on below. Just move away from the ship to the iceberg for a moment, just to kind of reinforce the illustration. You see an iceberg, you only ever see a small percentage of the iceberg above the surface level. 90% of the iceberg is below. And often we build our lives for what people can see, like the top of an iceberg, rather than actually digging below the waterline where most of life happens. Through the scripts and narratives of our day, there seems to be so much more of an emphasis upon surface change at the expense of inward change and discipleship. And friends, as disciples of Christ, we must build deep and put first things first if we are ever going to be a healthy gift to the church, to our work colleagues, to our neighbors, kids, and spouses. 
And so I want to kind of land this with giving you something. That's the pastoral, and I want to give you something that's practical for you to take away with. And I love the verses in Isaiah 40. And it's really important if you've come here today is that, you know, the church is full of many rooms. This is a home, this is a house, and it's full of many rooms. But it's really important that people in this church have a changing room. That they aren't stigmatized by what's going on in their world when they come to a community like this. Is that there is grace, extraordinary grace, because of what we've found in Christ and his death for us and the, the gospel that's applied to our hearts is that we must, particularly I think for the people of Manchester, is we must create rooms that are messy rooms and changing rooms to welcome them in here. Isaiah 40, verse 31, But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Hear those words, they will mount up on wings like eagles. I think one of the best analogies of being emotionally overwhelmed might be that of being earthbound. Have you ever felt like, I ought to be like an eagle? That's what Christians are supposed to be, yet actually I feel really earthbound. I feel like my wings have just been clipped and that I can't do the things that I know God is calling me to do. If you just take for a moment and look at an eagle, I think it's interesting that God uses an eagle in this context. Is that eagles are born with large, heavy wings. However, unlike other birds who flap their wings in order to stay in the air, eagles just stretch out their wings and hold them still for the purpose of soaring. In fact, in order to become airborne, they just wait. They, they wait for these wind thermals to catch and then they're able to go and soar and those wind thermals come about in storms so they actually seek out storms in order to fly which is really interesting because emotional well-being mental well-being spiritual well-being isn't the absence of difficulty i told you where we're at today let me tell you it's not the absence of difficult circumstances it's not the absence of trials and thorns in the flesh and difficult things that we're processing. But from the inside out rather than the outside in, it's about being in a place of well-being where we're not just flapping, doing lots of things, staying busy, trying to soar. But actually, like an eagle, we're able to stretch our wings and allow that wind to take us. This is a stunning example of how being emotionally healthy is in the absence of difficult circumstances. And as I was, it's kind of like the difference between training and trying. We did 11 miles yesterday walking. I was exhausted. I like, we were just so tired. It was just crazy. We were like, we need to change our lifestyle. And, but if I said to you, I want to do the uh, uh, you know, Manchester Marathon now, I say, look, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do 20, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to do 26 mile run. I would get to the end of the car park and I would collapse. <laughs> now, not through the absence or the longing or the will to try. But there's a difference between trying and training. And this is why God invites us as Christians to go on a journey of 
training through spiritual disciplines, which is why reading the Bible and prayer and fasting and coming to church and serving those around us is so, so important because it's not about God's love for us. They're not barometers of our spirituality. They're not giving us extra brownie points before God, but they're helping us to train to be more like Jesus. And so, as I was thinking about this idea of an eagle, I just want to finish with a few practical things. I, I, I went with my dad to an airplane museum in Yorkshire. And I was fascinated to look at how, I never even looked at this, how an airplane actually flies. And there's four things that it needs. It needs lift, weight, thrust, and drag. They're the four elements to make an airplane go. And so these are four things that I have brought into my life and I want to leave with you so that you are healthy as a follower of Jesus to do. First of all, to, dra to have a drag in your life. This is the gift of limits. You know, most of the time we're saying yes to God and to people, but actually our greatest gift to people in order to say yes to God is to say no. I know this is dangerous in a church where we need lots of jobs doing, lots of people on teams, and it's like, you want me to say no? This is great. This guy from Hull can come again. <laughs> I want you to imagine that here is kind of like your point of burnout. And here is your sweet spot. And in between, you have something called margin. And most of us get to a point where we just operate at such a level that we're here all the time rather than here. And we need to allow and structure and be intentional and strategize to have healthy margin in our lives so that we're not over here. That's finances, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all these different things. I want to encourage you in the gift of limits to say no, to look at your life and say, no, this is our sweet spot right now for this season. I know I ought to do this and ought to say yes to that, but actually maybe that's not the best for me to recognize that we are human beings, not human doings, and that we I was operating at like my 100% capacity. And now I just constantly operate like 80%. So that when a crisis comes, I always have margin in order how to deal with it. Secondly, lift. This is relational boundaries. This is people who you do life with. Caroline Leaf says this, can't change people around you. You can't change people around you, but you can change people around you. Let me say that again. You can't change people around you, but you can change people around you. So often we're trying to make people change for our sake. But actually, we need to look at our boundaries in our relationships. That a boundary is for me, not for you. That I can love myself and you without compromising me. So we need something called border control. Have you gone through border control at the as you go into another country. Sometimes we need to look at our lives relationally and think, where do I need border control in order to relationally be healthy? And I think that's really important that we're strong on that, that not many will understand what actually what we're contending with in life. And so I think it's a really important thing to look at our relationships and 
know that this is probably the biggest contributing factor to my well-being is the relationships that I do, that I have in my life. So, hey, don't let anyone walk through your mind with their muddy feet. So who's holding up your arms? Who's praying for you? Who's protecting you? Who's partnering with you? Who's encouraging you? Who's challenging you? Who we do life with, our relationships, and us, the strength that comes from that is really important. Thirdly, thrust. This is rhythms of dependence. During COVID, there was a lot of focus on external hygiene, wasn't there? Masks, wash your hands, all these things, but not much focus on inner hygiene, internal hygiene. But actually, our rhythms of dependence give us the momentum that we need in life and so I just know I just noted a few practical things for me going to the gym prayer journaling 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 got that anyway, writing thoughts down <laughs> therapy we we see a therapist once a month journey and I sleeping well eating well having fun with our friends and I found that as I focus on my emotions, like the rhythms of life, actually I got healthier emotions. And often we're trying to fight our emotions rather than maybe adjusting some of our rhythms of life. The frame of our house should always support its purpose. And so when we have good habits, good practices, good routines, when you develop schedules and maintain these routines then actually your brain relaxes and so if there's something you're doing regularly that does not relate to your purpose in life I'd like to offer some gentle advice that we consider that reconsider that and then finally wait are we anchored in truth all our emotions are triggered by our mind and our mind is a precursor to managing our emotions isaiah 26 3 says you will keep in perfect peace those who whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you there's a key connection between what your mind meditates on and feeds upon and our emotional health like i said social media I think something to be redeemed, not rejected, but it can feed comparison. And we're seeing right now in terms of the increase in suicides, particularly amongst young people. Philippians 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let me give you a little challenge. The same is true of your thought life. If you sow porn, 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 you will never get holy, holy, holy. We've got to sow good seeds into our lives in order to reap the harvest that God has for us. And so, as Rick Warren says, if you are burning the candle at both ends, we are not as bright as we think we are. So look at our lives Look at how we best steward our lives and focus on health. And if we commit to health, then we will grow. And it is our responsibility. Acts 2.42, 
to 47 is the DNA of the early church. And it says the first three words of, of that, they devoted themselves. We may want the signs and wonders. We may want people adding to our number daily. We may want a culture of, of prayer and the teaching and all these different things in the community. But it comes to they devoted themselves. This is like for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It says in Joshua, me and my house, we, we're going to do this thing. And we're going to add our strength into this larger community. Let's pray. Why do you stand? So I just want to kind of like kick off with some stuff I sense like the Lord is doing and maybe some prophetic stuff and we'll just see where you go from there. And I just encourage you to open your hearts up to Jesus and what I do, which is really helpful, I just kind of like maybe close my eyes and put out my hands and just say, yeah, Lord, I'm in a place of just surrender, submission and saying, Lord, whatever you have for me, I, I want to have that today. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, you're in this place. I just ask you to increase your power and presence among us right now. Let your kingdom come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, you are building your church. You are building this church. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And Lord, first and foremost, we, we don't want to labor in vain. So Lord, build your house. And you're doing it. Lord, continue to build your house here in Manchester. Thank you, Lord, you're doing it. And I just had a strong sense yesterday is that in order to go and facilitate all that God has for you in this next season, I, I sense that um, God is calling you as a church into kind of the next level stage of prayer. So one thing is we'd love to pray for people who just have a strong sense of like, yeah, I, I feel like God's calling me into that. I think he's calling us all into it, but maybe it's just that lands in your heart. But I really believe that even as a, a leadership and as a team, it's, it's time to dig deeper into prayer and to believe God for the next stage that's coming to this house. And I was so struck before I came in here listening to the music outside. And um, yeah, I struggle not to weep, to be honest, but it was, it's from a song that Sam Lane wrote and I know I think he was here a few weeks ago wasn't he and um, it says in this the lyrics are when you come when you come like an avalanche of grace when you come there is freedom in this place when you come no one ever stays the same when you come you will always come like the rising sun like the rising sun you will always come You'll always come breaking through the night, lighting up the sky. You'll always come. You'll always come. And I sensed there was a, a growing momentum in the heart of God for you that he is coming. 
and he started, he's whetting your appetite in the things of the spirit, but he is coming to you in a greater level of presence and power and a greater level of growth. And Lord, this city, we, Lord, first it starts with us, but we need you to come. We need you, Lord. Come, Lord, give us a thirst for you and a hunger for you. And as he comes, I believe people are going to come to this church who are like persons of peace. And they are going to represent a whole people group that God is calling you to reach. And it's going to start with the ones and twos and it's going to be like an avalanche. So Lord, we pray for the persons of peace in our community. You, who we, all of us may have thought they will never ever be interested in God but they're going to be so desperate and they're going to find him and they're going to just it's going to be awesome there's been a number of words shared this morning by um, members of the team so I'm just going to go through some of those but just stay engaged with the Holy Spirit he is, he's moving, he's speaking he's working amongst us this morning um, there's been a word that someone's suffering from panic attacks, that the Lord wants to heal you from those this morning. And there's been a couple of words of a release of the prophetic, um, that people that um, might not usually count themselves as someone that receives a word from the Lord, they're going to hear words this morning. Um, and they're going to hear words from this time on, that that's a gift that the Lord wants to give to you. And kind of running on that theme... Um, one of our team had a picture of um, a flower bed and there were, there were lots of flowers in it, but one of them was neglected. One of the flowers wasn't doing too well. Um, and the interpretation of that was that there's people in this room today that have sort of neglected the gifting that God's given them. Maybe they've counted themselves out. Maybe they felt a bit, a bit insecure. Or potentially they've been crushed by others. They've been discouraged. I think the Lord really wants to, to um, refresh, to revitalize, to um, recommission those people to go again with the gifting that they have. And just um, what John was saying about the song, um, when I come, um, I really feel that there is um, people there that just long, people here that just long for more of the Holy Spirit. You've been trying to do life, you've been trying to do um, family, marriage, um, work, church, whatever it is without the Holy Spirit. And the Lord wants to, to meet with you and to re refill you again. You might have wandered away. You might be trying to do it in your own strength, but the Lord wants to fill you with his spirit. So, yeah, I think this is a moment, a, a time where the Holy Spirit is going to come in power and meet with us. An avalanche of his grace is coming. We were in worship and I just had this picture in my head. It was this little round blue dot and this sort of radar. And I'm like, 
oh, that's a weird wind road. What was that? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I've seen this yesterday. Um, we were wandering around Manchester, and we, were, we had Google Maps open because we had no idea where we were. And um, I don't know if you've ever been on Google Maps and done this. When you're walking about, there's a clear path, and it's blue. And if you're the wrong way around, the arrow doesn't <laughs> match up with where the path is going. And it was like the Lord was saying, there's some people in here that know that there's a right path. You've got no question about it. You know you're not on it. You know that there is one. And you're desperate. You're just kind of like we were looking around. Where are we closer, hotter, warmer, closer, hotter? Not sure. And it's like the Holy Spirit wants to bring you back to that right path. And instantly I, I felt like God gave me that verse in, in Isaiah where it says, in, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And I just, you know, I feel like there might be people here today that just could relate with that and just say, God, it's been long enough. I've, I've ran on too, too long and, and I just want to come back. But I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't tell you how to get there if I had to. So I need you to direct me back to that path. And quietness and trust will be your strength and repentance and rest is your salvation. There's been a number of words shared this morning. The Holy Spirit is at work and God is speaking. We would really love um, to pray for those that um, just want that marker moment, want to come forward and receive prayer and be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. So um, we'd encourage you, if, if you feel the Holy Spirit stirring anything in you, just to, to come up and respond. Just be obedient to what the Lord wants to do. And as people come up, um, yeah, we would, um, if anyone's in a small group, we'd invite you just to come alongside them to pray for them. Don't leave them standing long. Thank you, Jesus. There's just like an increase in his presence right now, just like a wind of his spirit. Just the, the river is flowing, and the Lord just says, just jump in. Just don't, you don't need to do anything, just jump in. You don't need to work anything up. Just the river is flowing. Just jump in. There's someone here today as well, and I think there's one person you you would say like me. You're just like you, you're on the edge. I, I would love to pray for you today. So if we could have family, just to, there's lots of people who need prayer, just to come and. Bless what God is doing. Just bless what the Lord is doing. He's doing it. Just bless what he's doing. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast.